You're listening to The Living Word with Danny Hodges of Calvary Chapel Fellowship in St. Pete. Satan's always been trying to foul up God's plan. And God's plan is specifically fulfilled through the lineage of Abram. A child, a seed, would come through the lineage of Abram. We know that child, Galatians tells us very clearly, is Jesus the Christ. If you're a follower of Jesus, the enemy will try and trip you up somewhere along the way, whether you recognize it's happening or not. God is there to fight for you. Cling to his promises during those times. In today's message, Pastor Danny teaches about all the trials Abram faced during his years of infertility. God came through. He fulfilled his promises and provided a child. It was through the lineage of Abram and Sarah that Jesus was born. They believed the Lord and he provided. Now here's Pastor Danny in the book of Genesis chapter 15 as he continues his message, Faith, Patience, and the Promises of God. Abram's asleep. Somehow later, God must have told him what he said because it's recorded here for us. Or he told somebody. Moses found out. Somebody found out. And they ended up making it part of the record of Scripture. But it's interesting, isn't it? Abram's asleep. This thick and dreadful darkness is over him. And now God is prophesying. Here's what's going to happen. Ultimately, your people will be delivered. Man won't understand my timing, but that's okay. It will come in my time. And then, verse 17, catch this. When the sun had set and darkness had fallen, a smoking fire pot with a blazing torch appeared and passed between the pieces. Now, I could go to several scriptures to, I believe, prove, I believe, what I'm about to suggest, but that's representing the presence of God. This smoking Fire pot, blazing torch, appeared to pass between the pieces of the sacrifice. On that day, the Lord made a covenant with Abram, and he said, To your descendants I'll give this land from the river of Egypt to the great river, the Euphrates, the land of the Kenites, Kenizzites, Cadmonites, Hittites, Perizzites, Termites, Raphaites, Amorites, Canaanites, Gergashites, all the ites. So the promise includes land, and that promise is still yet to be completely fulfilled. It will be fulfilled in what's called the millennium or the thousand-year reign of Christ. But I don't want you to miss what just happened here. Fascinating. Satan's always been trying to foul up 
God's plan. And God's plan is specifically fulfilled through the lineage of Abram. A child, a seed would come through the lineage of Abram. We know that child, Galatians tells us very clearly, is Jesus the Christ, of whom Isaac, who will be the miracle child that Abram and Sarah will have, is a type of, a representation of. Are you with me? And the evil one has always been trying to foul up that plan because it's the plan of redemption. The story of Esther is all about hell and hell's plot to annihilate the Jews. The Holocaust. I hope nobody will argue that the Holocaust was inspired by hell against the descendants of Abram. And then when the Christ was born, hell used a king named Herod to have all the babies, two years old and under, from the time the Magi had originally come to Herod, have them killed. And by the sovereign plan of Almighty God, God speaks to Joseph. And Joseph takes Mary and the young child, and they go for a while to Egypt to escape hell's plan to stamp out this child. Let me take you to one verse, and then we'll go back to the story that's fascinating. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, go down to verse 6. We do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature, but not the wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. And he's talking not just about physical rulers, but spiritual rulers. No. We speak of God's secret wisdom, a wisdom that has been hidden and that God destined for our glory before time began. None of the rulers of this age understood it. For if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Hell thought, we've finally done it. We finally ruined the plan for mankind's redemption. When hell inspired Judas, one of Jesus' closest followers, to betray him and ultimately would send him to the cross. And hell thought, we have won. Oh, the wisdom of God. That nobody, including Lucifer himself, ever saw the cross. And it was through the cross that ultimate victory was won. Let me read you a few verses, and then we'll go to chapter 16. Luke chapter 22, verse 53. Don't turn to him. Just listen. Just listen to him. Every day I was with you in the temple courts, Jesus said. You didn't lay a hand on me. But this is your hour when darkness reigns. Matthew 27, 45. Just listen to it. From the sixth hour until the ninth hour, as Jesus hung on the cross, darkness came over all the land. 
John chapter 12, verse 46, I've come into the world, Jesus said, as a light, so that no one who believes in me should stay, stay in darkness. Ephesians 5, 8, for you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Colossians 1, 13, for he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves. 1 Thessalonians 5, 5. You're children of light, children of the day. We don't belong to the night or to the darkness. 1 Peter 2, 9. You're a chosen people, a royal priesthood, holy nation, people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Abram has this thick and dreadful darkness over him. And every one of us, we're born with that thick and dreadful darkness. It's called sin. It's called sin. And as that thick and dreadful darkness is over Abram and he's sleeping and this thick and dreadful darkness is over him, the smoking fire pot goes in between the pieces of the sacrifice and the covenant that God makes with Abram is now confirmed. Let me take you to one more verse and Oh, I hope you see it. I think you will. Jeremiah chapter 34 and verse 18. The men who have violated my covenant and have not fulfilled the terms of the covenant they made before me, I will treat like the calf they cut in two and then walk between its pieces. Did you hear that? That was what they did. It wasn't just biblical. It was an ancient Near Eastern manner of making a covenant where both contracting parties, when they cut the sacrifice, they walk in between the sacrifice, and what they're saying is, if I don't fulfill my part in this covenant, may I become like this sacrifice. Just cut me in half. Take my life. Abram's asleep. And a thick and dreadful darkness is over him. And a smoking fire pot goes in between the pieces of the sacrifice and ratifies the covenant. Hebrews 6, 13, it says, When God made his promise to Abraham, since there was no one greater for him to swear by, he swore by himself. What did he swear? My life is on the line if this covenant is not fulfilled. Which is very ironic because it cost Jesus his life to fulfill the covenant that God made with Abram. And don't miss the point. Listen, listen, listen. Abraham's responsibility in the fulfillment of this covenant is to believe that everything needed to accomplish and fulfill every promise that God made. God will do it. It depends on Abraham, zilch, zero, nada. There's nothing God's asking him to do, and there's nothing he can do. God is going to do everything needed to fulfill the promises that he made. 
You take and chew on that. And now chapter 16. It all depends on the Lord. Our responsibility is simply to believe, to trust. And as I do, I have to learn to wait on the Lord in the fulfilling of all his promises. Waiting is not my strong point. Now, Sarah, Abram's wife, had born him no children, but she had an Egyptian maidservant named Hagar. They probably picked Hagar up on that out-of-the-will trip down to Egypt. My opinion, it was out-of-the-will trip. So she said to Abram, the Lord has kept me from having children. Go sleep with my maidservant. Perhaps I can build a family through her. Now, culturally, that was accepted in this day. Well, now I do ordinary. Abram agreed to what Sarah said. Big mistake. So after Abram had been living in Canaan 10 years, Sarah, his wife, took her Egyptian maidservant Hagar and gave her to her husband to be his wife. He slept with Hagar and she conceived. When she knew she was pregnant, she began to despise her mistress. And then Sarah said to Abraham, listen to what she says. Men, husbands, listen to what she says. You're responsible for this wrong that I'm suffering. I put my servant in your arms, and now that she knows she is pregnant, she despises me. May the Lord's judge between you and me. Honey, wasn't it your idea? And now you're blaming me? So Abram says, your servant is in your hands. Abram said, do with her whatever you think best. Then Sarah mistreated Hagar, so she fled from her. Now, I didn't plan on doing this, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to highlight this section. And we're not going to read the rest of that chapter. You can read it on your own. But Hagar, she goes off and she's mistreated by Sarah, which was wrong. Because it's not Hagar's fault. But the Lord comes to her, the angel of the Lord, which is, that's Christ in the Old Testament. Speaks to her, comforts her, promises her that he he's, has her best interests at heart. But then he prophesies that the child she's going to have is going to be a wild donkey of a man. And that came true. Ultimately, Hagar and the child she births named Ishmael will be sent away from Abraham, Abram and his family. And there's a spiritual lesson behind that because Hagar, Ishmael represent what's done in the flesh. You see, this was a terrible mistake that Abram and Sarah made. But waiting, waiting, waiting. God promised, but now... They began to think, well, maybe we need to help the Lord out. No, you don't need to help the Lord out. Matter of fact, you can't help the Lord out. And every time you try to help the Lord out, or every time I try to help him out, I mess things up. Every time I try to help him out, I mess things up. That's what happened here. Then you get to chapter 17. And here's how it opens. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I'm God Almighty, walk before me and be blameless. 99 years old. Been 24 years since Abram began his journey of faith. It's been 13 years, listen, 13 years since the end of chapter 16, where it says Abram was 86 years old when Hagar bore him Ishmael. Okay, you with me? 13 more years after that. And God says, walk before me, be blameless. I'll confirm my covenant between me and you, and I'll greatly increase your numbers. Here it comes again, after 13 years. Are you going to believe me now? Are you going to trust me now? Are you going to be at peace? Abram fell face down. And God said to him, as for me, this is my covenant with you. You'll be the father 
of many nations. No longer will you be called Abram. Your name will be Abraham. It goes from exalted father to father of many. He gets a new name. For I've made you a father of many nations. I'll make you very fruitful. I'll make nations of you. And kings will come from you. I'll establish my covenant as an everlasting covenant between me and you and your descendants after you for the generations to come. To be your God and the God of your descendants after you. Then I'm going to highlight the next few verses. He gives him the covenant of circumcision. It's a cutting away of the flesh. It's personal. I don't need to say more. It's painful. And the covenant of circumcision will be a sign of the covenant of promise. Are you with me? And the cutting away of the flesh is the evidence of the Spirit's work in a person's life who has put their faith in the promised seed of Abraham, who is Christ. You got the picture? And then you get to chapter 18. And the Lord and two angels come to Abraham. And as they're there, the Lord, verse 9, where's your wife Sarah, they ask him. They're in the tent, he said. And then the Lord said, I'll surely return to you about this time next year. Catch this. And Sarah, your wife, will have a son. All these years now, God's promised. Abram believes. God counts it as righteousness based on his belief in the coming seed, miraculous seed. Isaac, but Isaac a type of Christ. Now, the Lord shows up and says, next year. That's the year. You imagine? Now, Sarah was listening at the entrance to the tent, which was behind him. Abraham and Sarah were already old and well advanced in years, and Sarah was past the age of childbearing. So Sarah laughed to herself as she thought, after I'm worn out and my master's old, will I now have this pleasure of having a child? Then the Lord said to Abraham, why'd Sarah laugh and say, will I really have a child now that I'm old? Is there anything, anything too hard for the Lord? I'll return to you at the point of time next year, and Sarah will have a son. Look, look at this. I, 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 can't help but, I can't help but find this humorous. Sarah was afraid, so she lied and said, I didn't laugh. I didn't laugh. You know where I started? If God says to you or me, don't be afraid, don't say, I'm not afraid. And if God says, why did you laugh? Don't say, I didn't laugh. And look at what the Lord says. It's so just straight on. But he said, yes, you did laugh. Yes, you did. But we end kind of where we began in that in the end here, again, we see the humanness. I mean, to believe something so incredible. They've been waiting and waiting and waiting for years. They try to, to, to act out and try to help God to fulfill what he's promised. And all it does is cause them problems in the family, lack of peace, everything wrong with that because you can't do it. I can't do it. Only God can do it. And thank God, as I look back, he's done it. He's done it. There was the miracle child, Isaac, who pointed to the future miracle child, the Christ. And God would paint the picture complete in Genesis 22, where he would tell Abraham, take your son, your one and only son, up on Mount Moriah, where Mount Calvary is, and offer him as a sacrifice unto me. 
And just as he's about to take his own son's life, God speaks and says, stop, Abraham. And then the Hebrew is so interesting, according to Hebrew scholars that I read, the Lord has the ram caught in the thicket, but but it's what he says. He says, the Lord will provide himself a sacrifice. And you go back to the covenant and the split pieces of the sacrifice and the smoking fire pot. It's God walking in between and he ratifies the covenant and everything depends on him. And there's nothing I can do and nothing you can do and we can't add to it. He's just done it. He's done it all. And our response is very simply to believe, to trust, to have peace, and to accept our inheritance. I was going in a direction where part of the emphasis was the challenge of waiting on the Lord. And certainly that's there. Maybe somebody needed that little nugget of truth tonight. The challenge of waiting on the Lord and not doing things in the arm of the flesh. And yet, as I thought, prayed, thought, prayed, went over my notes, went over it in my mind through the middle of the day, away from my notes, thought, you know, the main point of all this, God's done it all. Here's a few verses. Say this with me. Come on, say it. Everybody say it. You ready? For in the gospel, a righteousness from God is revealed. A righteousness that is by faith from first to last. Just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith from first to last. The challenge in between, I got to keep coming back to, I'm not righteous based on my goodness. I'm not righteous based on my good works. I'm righteous because of what Jesus did. He did it all. He did it all. Listen to this one. Say it with me. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. For we maintain that a man is justified by faith apart from observing the law. Amen? Amen. Okay, come on. Here's another one. When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your sinful nature, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having canceled the written code with its regulations that was against us and that stood opposed to us. He took it away, nailing it to the cross. The uncircumcision of your sinful nature, that's the thick and dreadful darkness. Say this one. I love this one. This is one of my favorite. God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us so that in him, we might become the righteousness of God. Is that amazing? I'm just as righteous as Jesus Christ is righteous. Otherwise, I'll never get to heaven. Listen, if you're trying to get to heaven with any of your own goodness and any of your own works, you can't get there that way. You can only get there through Jesus, just like Abram did. And Abram believed the Lord, and he credited to him as righteousness. Nothing I can do except believe and receive. By grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God. 
Thanks for joining us today on The Living Word. Pastor Danny has been teaching through the first book of the Bible, the book of Genesis. Be sure to join us next time to hear more from this fascinating book. We also want to encourage you to read through Genesis on your own. There's so much to discover about the beginning of this world and the Creator who loves you so deeply. If you'd like to hear more teachings from Pastor Danny, be sure to visit our website, ccfstpete.church. Just click on Sermons to access our archive on YouTube. Don't forget to subscribe while you're there. That way you'll know as soon as we upload new videos. We'd love to connect with you too. So if you have any questions or would simply like to talk with us, please send us an email. You can reach us at info at ccfstpete.church. That's info at ccfstpete.church. Be sure to let us know how we can be praying for you. We'd love to meet you in person as well. So come join Pastor Danny for our weekly church services. Calvary Chapel Fellowship meets on Saturdays at 6 p.m. and Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. We look forward to worshiping with you. Find out more on our website. One more time, that's ccfstpete.church. That's all for today. We look forward to having you join us next time to continue studying the Bible right here on The Living Word.